0: Welcome back to the Devin Kershaw Show from Faster Skier. I'm Nat hers. here again at the busy, noisy media center in Planica, Slovenia at World Championships, where Jesse Diggins and Julia Kern of Team USA just won a bronze medal in the team sprint. Canada also had a stunning performance on the men's side. We'll be back to you in a minute. Boulder Nordic Sport is the industry-leading resource for cross-country ski equipment, waxing, stone grinding, and hand-selected skis. Whether you're looking to tour the local park, finish your 15th Berkey in style, or aiming for the next Olympic team, Boulder Nordic Sport's passionate staff can help you find the perfect gear for your skiing experience. Visit bouldernordic.com to shop one of the biggest selections of ski gear in the country, Download a digital copy of the annual BNS magazine or sign up for one of our professional race wax services for world masters and other key races. You can also find extensive waxing instruction on the BNS YouTube channel.
1: How's everyone's favorite American journalist?
0: I don't know about everyone's favorite, but, uh, you know, at least a, at least a couple, a uh, couple folks. Uh, we're We're, we're, we're nice. good here. We're crushing some classic creme cacao. Oh, Um, those are good. And uh, yeah, it's been, I got to say, um, you know, just a little personal editorial diversion. Um, I I don't want to end up like uh, Devin getting uh, ganged up on by a pack of angry fins, but I'm just going to say it was a lot of bread products in my life uh, for the past, like, four or five days and I finally sucked it up and dropped 17 euro on a uh full-on lunch here in Slovenia uh which included a salad and uh it was it was worth it' I'll just, feeling good I'll end I'll end it there
1: feeling good I like it that's good to hear I'll tell you what else <clears throat> like um no but that that's that's great to hear I think it's been uh you're probably looking forward to that rest day tomorrow.
0: I am. Uh, did you crowd surf at, at father John?
1: I didn't, but it was, it was a great show for those that enjoy father John Misty. Oh my God. You guys, if he ever comes to your town, you got to go see him. He's, he's got such a stage presence and he really, he really delivered. So very appreciative. And, uh, yeah, the wife and I really enjoyed our evening in the city yesterday. It's not often that we <clears throat> do anything fun together. Read, we never do anything fun together. So that was, <laughs> that was quite a surprise. It was, it was a lot of fun.
0: Well, uh, father, John, Misty, Jesse Diggins and Julia Kern all have, uh, delivering in common in the past 24 hours. I think, uh, I think we, we got to start there.
1: Yeah. Let's start on the women's side. And I think, I don't know, I'm still reeling with the way Jesse skied her last leg of that final. Like she went to the front and she just drilled it and she torched Laura Gimler like completely, like taking her out of the, taking her out of the metal threat completely. I think there were eight point five sec, 8.58 seconds out at the exchange and Germany started with them. So that was, that was a heroic effort by Diggins. I thought Jesse looked so great all day long. She was amazing in that qualifier. We got a round back. We're going to like, we're going to circle back to what we talked about. Um, a couple months ago, or not even a couple months ago, but six weeks ago after Lavinio, the new format for the team sprint is way better. I said it, I meant it. I'm here to represent it. The semifinals in the team sprint, where you have all these teams just dicking around, like going zone one and then like sprinting a little bit just to make it into the final, was dumb. And I'm so glad that they went to like the individual qualifier method. So those that are a bit new to this whole game now. The athletes do an individual qualifier, and all the people for the first leg do a qualifier just like a normal spring qualifier. So a time trial start. And then the leg two skiers do it. And Jesse lit up the qualifier something fierce and had such a great day. And it was a wonderful, what a what a race. I thought it was so exciting. I I was shocked with Norway. I thought Norway skied an amazing race. Andershish Kalva was very, very strong. There's a lot of noise here in Norway about should have she's that got the start. I mean, like, are you really leaving someone out that won a sprint I know it was the wrong style, but still, and was in the final and was the best Norwegian in the individual sprint two days ago. But I think the answer was, well, it, it's hindsight's always what it is, but Anna schirsch Calvo definitely delivered a great race by going toe to toe with Diggins on that last, uh, last lap of the final. So just an amazing, amazing day. Julia Diggins, uh, sorry, Julie Diggins, uh, <laughs> Julia Kern gets her first gets her first World Championship podium, and yeah, she she was in tough in that last leg. But I get a in this bang that was looking so good, and Sundling is just, I mean, Sundling's the next coming. I mean, she, they won the team sprint two years yeah. ago. What Sun are Ling, you going to do? What are you going to do? She's a bit like claybo Like, technically speaking, I don't even think Tiri like Tiri in technique didn't fall apart even, and just got there was just there was nothing you could do. I mean. Sundling was completely on fire and really fun for Ribom too. Hey, to get, to get a gold after that individual silver two days ago. So I, I just thought that I thought the women's team sprint was amazing. I thought the men's team sprint was also amazing. That we're going to get to, but I really wanted to get your perspective. Have you asked anybody about what they think of the new format of the ditching the qualifiers for the team sprint or people are just, this is just how it is. It's been like this all year. So we've just adjusted.
0: I, yeah, I mean, I think so. I honestly, it, uh, I feel a little embarrassed to say that I didn't ask and it it just, it hasn't been a topic of conversation, but I mean, I totally, I totally agree. I mean, it's, it's actually like, it's fun to watch. And then you kind of get to look at the results page and you're like, okay, well, like USA won the qualifier. Like, what does this actually mean? Does it mean anything? And they won, but it's like, uh, you know, it's, I, I totally agree. I think it's, I think it's cool. I think it's interesting. It's like way more efficient, um, than those, those dumb semis. So, um, yeah, I, my, my big question. And and I think the thing that I was talking about most with people and hearing about most from people after the race were a couple things. Um, I want to hear what you think about the U S decision to, Uh, put Jesse Diggins in the first slot and then also the way that they skied that race. I mean, I think Jesse Diggins just drilling it from the gun. No one was questioning that, but the way that uh, Kern was really pushing and kind of controlling the pace on the second leg, um, a lot of people were sort of talking about and asking questions about that. And I have a little more to share about that later, but curious what, what you made of those two decisions.
1: Yeah. I thought it was really interesting to put to put Jesse first. Um, We talked about that a little bit yesterday and yeah, I mean, it was interesting to have your strongest card do the lead off. Um, That said, just like hindsight's always 2020 when you're a Monday morning quarterback, like we are. (laughs) And just how that race played out. Like, do I think Jesse Diggins could have torched Tier Lundes at the finish? Yeah. I think that that could have been, that could have been the real, that could have been a reality. But when I saw how strong Anna Shearsty was with the pace that Diggins was doing when they were drilling it, like Anna Shirsti was barely hanging on, but she was hanging on. Do I think that Julia Kern could have gone that pace? Not really. So it's kind of, I think the result was going to be what it was going to be, anyways. And yeah, okay, the order was a little bit confounding, maybe on paper, but how the race actually played out. I think this is what they were good for today. You know what I mean? And I think I think instead of going like the what-ifs, okay, if everything, the stars aligned perfectly, could have they have been second? Maybe. I don't, I don't actually think so, honestly, because Anastasia Stikalvo was skiing so well, and, and so was Ribom as well. Um, but, okay, in an alternate universe, they could come second. But second or third, the gold was out of reach. And I'm so sorry to say, like Sweden was going to win that gold. 99 times out of a hundred today. And uh, yeah, they're untouchable. Yeah. And they did just that. So I I think it was cool that they tried something a little different. I think it was really, really interesting to see Diggins skiing from the front like that. And so aggressively and doing such a good job and so strong mentally to do that time after time after time. And I think it looks good for the 10 K. We talked about that earlier as well. Like Jesse Diggins, best chance individually is the 10 K skate and what a gift she's in great form She's making smart decisions. She looked really good to skiing today. And um, I'm really excited to see that. I think the 10K skate for women could be the most exciting race of this whole championship. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. And um, yeah, I, I I don't know. It is always interesting with the order. It was the same thing, like when Alex and I won in 2011, the team sprint, There was so much noise about like, why did Petter go the first leg and and Gennadestad go the second leg? And it's true, like... In an alternate universe, Petter goes second, and I'm not sure Alex outsprints Petter to the line. But at the same time, you don't know if Olavegan Haddestad at that time could have been going with the pace that was that first leg that Petter had no problem following. Do, do you know what I mean? So it's it's always tough. I think it's uh I always think it's a challenge. So uh, but what were you hearing there?
0: Um yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, there were, there were a couple of things. I mean, I, I asked Matt what... he, um, he basically said, you know, their vision was that by putting Jesse first and having her ski the race, the way she skied the race, like they were getting them, they were, they were getting the most out of her, you know, huge aerobic capacity. Whereas like, if you put her, um, in the second leg and she's just kind of sitting around and waiting for the finish then you know you're not really getting the most out of Jesse Diggins motor um and yeah I mean I think the the interesting I think the interesting decision was seeing for me was seeing um Julia Kern pushing the pace so much on on the second leg just knowing that you know, there were skiers she was skiing with in Sweden, namely Sweden and Norway that, you know, were are going to benefit from that. And, you know, it's interesting. I just ran into Tyrell Wang walking by herself from the uh, media center back up to the, um, back up to the like wax trailers. And I was like, you know, what did you make of that by, you know, move from Julia Kern to be skiing so hard, you know, for the duration of the race and, she was like, well, I was really glad that, that Kern did that because I didn't want to do it. Um, and, you know, maybe that cost her, but at the same time, I mean, I think the flip side of that is if, if, if you have Julia Kern sitting there and, you know, Sundling doesn't need to rush and Tiro Wang doesn't need to rush. And so then, all of a sudden you've got Germany and Finland back in, in the mix. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think I agree with you. It's like, it's really easy to sort of second guess everything that happened that, well, not, not even that we're really second guessing. I think it's more just that like, these were interesting tactical choices that were made. And uh, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's fun to talk about where those decisions came from and, and what they accomplished. I think in the end, you know, the U S walks away with a really hard-earned medal and you know yeah is there a scenario where maybe they could have won a silver medal maybe but are there also scenarios where they ended up fourth and fifth and uh I I think that's like definitely also the case so um yeah I mean I just I think um also like just in the bigger picture you know like thinking about what this represents like us has won uh team teams for championship medals with keegan randall and jesse diggins i think with jesse diggins and sadie bjornson and now to see it with jesse diggins and julia kern uh it's just sort of cool to see you know jesse diggins now as sort of the elder teammate who's bringing up a a new generation and and sort of seeing that torch get passed along i i think is is pretty cool um also sort of seeing them deliver this result in in such like a methodic kind of way like they had this plan and and really just they executed it kind of to perfection and you can sort of question and throw rocks at the plan but I don't think you can really quibble with the American execution today and um yeah just to see them deliver that I mean I feel like I've been at championships where they have delivered and I've been at championships where like they really haven't delivered and it's it's so tough to watch. Um so just like really, really cool to be here and uh and to see that. And um, you know, I think everyone is is sort of looking now at the at the 10K as like you know, huge p- potential for huge results there. And then honestly, like the relay with, with Kern and Diggins and Brennan skiing the way they're skiing, like, you know, do you start Sydney Palmer leisure? So like they've got, they've got like a, a strong, a strong team for that relay. So I don't know, pretty exciting. Uh, you know, next few days for the U S women, for sure. I totally agree. Super exciting. Next few days for the U S women. And I,
1: I, I really like to hear your perspective with the questions you asked Matt. And I, I completely agree with what Matt's saying. I, I think it was uh, a great strategy, and I think it was really cool to see Diggins do it. I think the only, the only bit of like analysis I give the whole thing was just how it all played out, and seeing how the race was one, or one two three was locked up. It just has me. It just has me wondering. Like, I can't get over the fact, I guess, because like, hey, I'm not taking anything away from Astrid Astrid Orishlind. She skied at a beautiful race in the way she skied that skate leg was something to behold, but seeing Diggins out there today and just how the race ended up where it was a three horse race and no one really challenged. It was like one, two, three, and then a big gap to fourth. I was like, I still, I just can't put to bed that I'm like, Jesse Diggins could have been in that second group in classic, like getting, getting dropped off the, the Niskanen, Ebba Anderson, Frida Carlson group, but being with that kind of Celia Tederson group, and I still think she could have come back to to get slimmed yesterday, and I still think she could have done that and skied just as well today. But am I getting greedy? Perhaps. Regardless, but I then think it, she... I think it's a. But I think it's going to well, pay off for the ten but... k. It's going to pay off for the ten k, and then the relay. We saw exactly like, like exactly. The, there's 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 a huge opportunity with Russia not here. Okay, like let's be perfectly honest. Let's call a spade a spade. As far as hardware is concerned, Russia won the Olympic relay, the four by ten four by five, sorry, at the Olympics last year, the women, they had Sorina, you have Neprieva, you have like, you have oh, Stupac, like you, have, you have like stacked Stepanova when she's in shape for those short races. Like, listen, what happened in two years ago in Oberstorf? the U S most certainly should have taken the medal in that four by five. And Diggins ran out of steam for like, that's the nine, that's the one out of a hundred times that Jesse Diggins runs out of steam at the end of something. And like you said, it was probably because she was just taking too many shots and the revolver was empty. Like there was just no more bullets in the chamber to shoot because Jesse Diggins tried to shoot at everything that moved. And now the the staff and Jesse herself is a lot more, has, just has a lot more confidence in, in the plan and is executing to perfection. We saw that at the Olympics last year where Diggins had just a wonderful championship at the Olympic games and making decisions like this, like sitting out the skiathlon, man, whew, that's a tough decision for an athlete like Diggins to do. And I think she answered any critics about that, the way she skied today. Like she was so on fire today that it was really exciting. And I am glad you also brought up like the legacy, the common denominator of all that is Jesse Diggins. So they won the team sprint in 2013 with Diggins. They won the Olympics with Keegan and Diggins in 2018 In 2017. They took a medal in the classic team sprint with, with Sadie Bjornsson and they're taking another medal here. It's, Diggins really is like you, we are living in the, the golden era of American women's cross country skiing, no question. And, and sure Keegan was the trailblazer for that. I 100% agree with that, but Diggins really is the benefactor of that trailblazing and has taken it to a whole nother level. And I, I just never get sick of seeing how beautiful the performances that she does. It's, it's, it's incredible. And I, I, we, we shouldn't take that for granted as North American ski fans. It was, it was a wonderful performance.
0: Well, is it a uh, good time uh, to segue on that positive note into uh, into a, a pretty honestly exciting men's, men's race to watch too? I mean, maybe a little more predictable perhaps, but still like there was some straight up explosions at the end there. Um, I got to admit, I was like in the mix zone uh, kind of covering a bunch of bases. So I was not like fully present. So maybe you could, I don't know,
1: yeah, I thought I thought it was uh, man, what an amazing team sprint! Like we've talked about before, you and I are on the same page with it. Like we both we both love the championship team sprint. Maybe not the biggest fan of the World Cup team sprints, but the championship team sprints when these guys like really really want it bad, uh, they delivered. And I think the coolest thing today, there's a couple storylines. Of course, like what's let, buried the lead right now, like Canada coming forth with just a beautiful performance was a result that was so sorely needed. And a little bit like they did the Olympics last year when they were fifth, it's like kind of struggling in the individual races, some questions that come back and forth, the comments, and then the team sprint comes and Tony and Graham Ritchie like really deliver. And I want to come back to that. Of course, we're going to keep coming back to that, but this was an honest fourth too. Like the pace was high and there was, I thought it was fascinating with, uh, with Paul Goldberg, who's, Like I said before, in 2013, got a chance in the team sprint and completely cracked under pressure and just completely shat the bed. Today, wow. I mean, wow. Paul Goldberg was skiing beautifully. There was questions like, should we give Paul the chance? We should. You know, he's second in the overall. He's... He's been good all year. He was just second in the sprint. He was fourth in the skiathlon. But Eric Volness, who knows what could have been in that classic sprint. He looked like a total beast. He won the qualifier and he doesn't get a chance. Like This is how hard it is in Norway. But Paul Goldberg answers all critics. I mean, he skied to perfection, drilling at every lap, skiing with such poise and his last leg of the team sprint to make it a three-horse race, popping Sweden and Tony, like Tony Sear of Canada and Kala and Halverson had no chance to go with with uh, with Paul Goldberg when he when he really put that dig in there and and secured the medal and set it up for for Klebo, so uh, hats off to Paul. I thought Norway ski just I mean like I mean it was surgical precision. The writing was still on the wall a little bit like Sweden, right? Like you knew it was going to be you knew Norway was going to win, but the way Paul skied, I was really impressed. I also like Klebo uh, is is just I I, <laughs> I can't say enough good things about him. I mean he skis with the best technique in the world. He has. Uh, he has the coldest head in the group. I thought it was insane to see Pellegrino pop Juve in that last le- last leg where they got popped by by Claybo, And then all of a sudden, they're like, okay, they're, now they're just going to like screw around and play for second. And Pellegrino's like, no, I'm not. I'm going to go right back up. And the fact that he closed the gap to Claybo like that was insanely impressive. The Even crowd though,
0: went wild. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, awesome. It was
1: incredible. It was incredible. And then, like, of course, he got undressed over the last climb by Claybo, which again was par for the course, but it was a beautiful performance by Italy. And just to hear the second place, I think there was some, I think there's some interesting storylines. Like did France come to the table with their best team? I know it sounds ridiculous to call this because they have a bronze medal, right? They won a medal. It was an amazing performance. They have now two medals already in the men's side of the championship. Like it's a great start for the, for the, for the French, but, but was it a good call? I'm not sure. So, sorry, i missed your question. Was it a good to what? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just saying, like, I'm not trying to take anything away from Jay and Juve because they are bronze medalists at the World Championships, which is a great performance. But I think the way Juve has been skiing at this championship, I think it's fair. It's allowed to, to ask yourself, like, did we come to the table with the best team if you're France? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not convinced that, that Juve well- and Jay was the best team. Uh, honestly. And I don't even after I watched how the race played out, I'm not sure that they're the best team, but again, a little bit like Monday morning quarterbacking when you have trophies in the case, like they got a medal.
0: So, so I'm really excited to talk about this because um, I had a chance to, chat with my man i'm gonna look up his name here uh because it's very traditional uh french uh so traditional that i can't find it um but i had a chat with the uh with the code of the french sprint team and i was asking him uh choices and one of the things that i had heard i mean and maybe this is sort of what you're implying or maybe you were already aware but uh apparently Lou Chanaba um you know who's who's been lights out at various times this year. Uh shamba has like a compartment syndrome. And so they're they're like really worried about him in in the like skiing the multiple legs in a row in a team sprint. So they felt like he was not an option. And then um Shapaz, who won you know bronze medal in the individual sprint. I mean, I think right I, I personally think you know probably the right move to pass him over given and you know, kind of lack of aerobic capacity, at least that that we've seen. um Basically, what the what the sprint coach said was that he was like Shapaz, you know, had a, a big day with the bronze medal, you know, just long day going through the medal ceremony, like pretty pretty tough to just bounce right back from that into a you know big tough day of effort in the team sprint. He was like Shapaz is going to be there for us in Trondheim in twenty twenty five, and then I really loved the way that he described the way that they set up their team he was like uh he was like Renaud J was our uh if we're talking about the soccer pitch he was like Renaud J was the uh, our defenseman and uh richard juve was uh mbappe uh the you know the the, the french striker at, who was you know kind of MVP at the world cup so not that that necessarily like explains that much like what they were thinking or justifies it but i you know it was it was a very french uh kind of description of of what they were thinking and why they did what they were doing so um i just i wanted to for sure
1: no oh, that's great and I, we should have talked about that because it was we had talked about it a little bit or maybe we haven't but it has been a topic of conversation with none of us uh compartment syndrome issues right now in skating so that that's um that's my bad for for not picking up on that. So I'm glad you brought that up. But I, regardless, again, like we're, we're buried in the semantics. The fact of the matter is the French got a bronze medal in the team sprint. Their championships going amazing. Juve sadly has come to the world championships, just not in the same shape he was a month ago, but he leaves with the bronze medal and it's deserving. Richard Juve is an amazing sprinter. And there's a reason why he's beat Claybo to the line. He's won in skating and in, cl- and in classic, like he, he's, not half bad in a distance skate race when he's in good shape as well, especially for such a big guy, a big muscular guy. So really, really exciting there. And then that brings us to,
0: to Canada. And I think. Well, can, can I actually interject? Um, cause I, can we talk a little bit about, about Sweden? Cause there was a yeah. little bit of discussion of, uh, Peroma getting a start I mean it was interesting so they went with uh Kala Haferson who you know has both sprint and distance chops although is like one of the most erratic athletes on the World Cup and then they also picked Edvin Onger who has been you know out sprinting this year but also you know super young guy has not like demonstrated necessarily the kind of distance skiing aerobic capacity that you're you're going to need to like hang for three laps with johannes clibo and you know anger completely blew up on that on that last lap and you know just kind of interesting again you know easy easy to, to second guess but I, I would have loved to have seen i feel like you know you put peroma in for this race and that totally could have been one of those it's a totally unexpected surprise move in the team sprint but ends up like really paying off and i know the swedes like they've been obviously incredible on the women's side just delivering metal after metal after metal but like man on the men's side you I, i've been talking with the team manager and he was sort of saying yesterday like you know we're really holding out for a men's medal and holding out for a men's medal and you know they uh they they didn't get it in the men's pursuit and then they also you know they didn't get it today and i think i they, they were they were they were bumming about that for sure um so just you know kind of interesting result there but um yeah now now time to No, oh, yeah. I'm i gotta weigh in on that too because i think that is interesting i
1: it is so hard because we've i've just gone ad nauseum about this but like sweden is the powerhouse of cross-country scheme for the last hundred years and we're in a drought like we've talked about but that said i thought the pursuit was like back to sweden of old finally 5th, 6th, and 11th. Even Jens Berman, who is an orthopedic surgeon's dream, I don't know how many discs have been slipped in that back, but 7 or 8 at least. I'm exaggerating, not that many. But he's really struggled with his back for many, many years, has barely raced, And I thought he skied a solid pursuit to be 11th. And they have three guys in the top 11. That's where Sweden needs to be. That's where they should be. And I was, I was really stoked that Sweden brought together such a good pursuit. And I agree with you with Poroma. I mean, he has a big capacity and for sure. I see where you're going with that. Cause it's kind of like, you're looking at him almost like a De Fabiani. De Fabiani hasn't had a good skate sprint in like maybe ever. And if he has had a good skate sprint, it's like seven, eight years ago, but yet in a team sprint, he can hang, he can hang with, he, he, he can do what he needs to do to hang with the group, to give Pellegrino the chance to bring it on home. Like they did. And could Poroma be that guy? Perhaps, but uh, geez, it's so hard to put a guy like Edvin Enger on the bench when he's been in pretty much every final all year long. And he's not a horrendous distance skier either. Like he's been top 15 in distance races. Like he's not garbage, you know? And he had it really tough today. And it was hard if you're a Swedish fan to see the wheels come completely off. But let's be honest again, Cali Halverson couldn't go with the move that Paul Goldberg did on that last leg. Same with Tony Sear. Like Tony was there, Cali was there. Paul was too strong for Callie and Tony and they got popped out the back. And that was the medals. It was, doesn't matter who you have at the last leg. The best they could have done in that scenario with, with, with Callie going first is, is fourth. And they came fifth, like, or sixth because he actually really came undone, but like, um, it's, I don't know. It, it, so I, I don't know. It, I, I, just think Sweden actually also came to the dance with a team that was, could have been good enough to play and, Callie just wasn't quite strong enough and Edvin anger completely got shattered. And you, you have, that happens. He's 20 years old. Like don't, don't hate on, on uh, Edvin. I, I'm, I think the future is so bright and I think he'll learn from these experiences and he has so many more chances. But He's, he's like my favorite guy in the entire world cup field. So of course I I would love to see Peroma go, but he doesn't have, he doesn't have the speed that, uh, that Edvin anger does. Let's it's just the facts.
0: Yeah. And maybe we get Paroma Anger in, uh, in 2025, yeah. but um, na- now we got to go and sing the praises of these Canadian dudes. Yeah. Who just, you know, I mean, I think especially, I mean, I feel like it's, I had this conversation with them in the mix zone and they, they both or at least Tony used the word de- words deja vu, which I feel like is totally appropriate here where, you know, just a really tough start. I mean, Graham, Ritchie had a, a, a decent uh, sprint to start things off. Like not, not like blowing the doors off, but Okay, not an embarrassment, but everyone else, it's like it's just been a little bit of a struggle, you know, crashes and, uh, you know, Tony's coming off like a lung infection. And so just, you know, not having the kinds of results. I mean, we've heard Devin, uh, you know, expressing his disappointment. So I think, you know, they felt I don't know if they felt pressure, but I think, you know, certainly to come into this race like they were they were they felt like they were due and and needed a good result today. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, what did you see out of them?
1: Yeah, I, I think I think a couple things. One, I have to offer like a little bit of a mea culpa here, like I have to say sorry, and it's a fine line that I that I try and thread because, like, in my own head, nobody listens to this banter that we do, Nat. I'm nothing against you; you're great, but like, I'm just like, why would you listen to this? <laughs> That's what I think in my head, and and uh, you know, I got a, I got some pushback, and I'm glad I did after what I said um, in the pursuit. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I said like, what was the leadership thinking, putting such a, a junior athlete in a 30 K and, and questioning like what, what the learning was to do that. And I got some pushback from some people back in Canada and, and, uh, I really take that to heart because like one, I'm not a journalist 2 I'm a medical student. School student. Yeah, I've been a World Cup skier for a long time. I really, really care. I know a lot of these athletes. I know the staff really well. I'm friends with some of the staff. Like I have deep respect. I'm so happy that they have Robin McKeever leading this ship now. I think it's such a boon to have a guy like that running our national team right now. I think Chris Jeffries is a high performance director role, is something that is really exciting. He's been at the top level himself and he's been in the coaching, coaching trenches of Canada for a long time, which I I think is super exciting. And that said, I've also talked a lot about how the culture in the U S back when I first started racing. So back in like the early two thousands was, was trash and everyone hated USSA, And it was just one big bitch fest about it and how it took so long for the U S to turn that ship. And of course, results, success brings success, right? Like everyone's so pumped when the U S starts kicking ass and then it's easier to get on. Everyone loves a winning team. And that's fair, but there was a lot of work behind the scenes that like Bordenberg did and Matt did and Grover and like a lot of guys I'm leaving people's names out. So I'll stop, but Canada's kind of that in that scenario where the U S was in 2001 too. And I, I recognize that we've talked about that before on the podcast a little bit, Nat, like you and I, and, and we had Robin, we asked him about that and some other athletes like Alex, and this is a topic that's come up and you know, that pushback I got was like, man, it's a really, we're on a thin edge here in Canada, Devon, like we're trying to build something new. And when you come out and you say those things, instead of just like going to the staff directly and just having a chat, cause we're friends, uh, is that constructive? And I really hurt because I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I have no influence and please don't listen to anything I say. But if people do, I'm like, oh, I don't want to try and, and disrupt a fragile process, and Canada needs support from everyone. If we're going to turn the tables and it's been a fight, even this season, the behind the scenes stuff that I'm not going to go into is like, it's still fighting. It's still fighting between different training groups and, and East West and all this garbage. And, and like it, there's a lot of energy being wasted. And I don't want to be a part of that problem. That said, I'm not walking back what I said, <laughs> because I, I think I, I I also stand for what I said, but I think I have to be a little careful about how I present it, perhaps. And um that so I'll leave that there. But today, a bit like the Olympics, what you said, which I think is fascinating, is the same thing happened last year at the Olympics. I think Olivier was skiing pretty well at the Olympics last year, especially for his age and at altitude and his first games. I mean, being in the top 30 like he was, that that's that's good skiing. And all the Russians were there too. Let's not forget that. Like it was Olivier was a bright spot in the Olympic games, but the rest of the team was underperforming. And then the team sprint, they came fifth, which was just phenomenal. And like you said, like where did that come from and how they skied with such poise and delivering and today, man, like for a lot of those rounds, like it wasn't free. I was texting with Alex for this um, throughout the day. And like, this was not a free men's race in the final, like the pace was high from the start and they were right in there and, it was incredible. And the fact that Tony's had a lung infection and we've seen had bad luck in the skiathlon and not skiing all that well, like the sprint was disappointing to see him hang in there. Yeah. Okay. He got dropped out of the medals when a Paul Goldberg in this great season of his life drills it on the last leg. but like who cares? He, it was insane. And Graham Ritchie, like big rich, this was the best race of the season by far and the heart he skied with and for him to come back, on, on good and dust him and like secure fourth, like solidly and forth that never stay die attitude of Graham Ritchie. And also I was thinking I was watching the technique, especially of Graham Ritchie, like all three rounds, like he was skiing really, really well. And we do not see that from a whole lot of Canadian skiers day in, day out. So huge, huge, huge result. Robin, Chris, match miter denies the whole staff, all the athletes, Olivier Zav, the guys that are going to get this chance in the 10 K or 15 K coming up here in a couple of days, like success breeds success. And unlike the Olympics where it was just kind of one and done, like the team sprint was, was the great race of the Olympics for the men's race and everything else was a little forgettable outside of Olivier Levinier who is solid, but let's, I really hope, because I am a cheerleader. I really hope that this like really motivates them for the, the races to come. Tony's got the 50 K right at the end. I mean, Tony, like he could be top 10 in that 50 K um classic at the end of this whole thing. And we've got some guys like Olivier can have a fantastic 15k skate. So I hope this bring breeds some life into the Canadian Canadian troop because they need it. They do. And it was a beautiful performance and nothing came free. That was a crazy long monologue. I'm so sorry to the listeners, but awesome day for Canada. I'm really stoked.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I just the only thing I would say is like I I kind of feel like at the Olympics it was a little bit different where um, it just felt, the attitude felt a little different. Like, I feel like the attitude here so far, it was like, you know, folks would come through the mix zone after a day that like, you know, after a result that maybe was not up to their expectations and, you know, they would be like, yeah, like, I, you know, I crashed and, or like, I just, you know, not, not quite there today, but like the attitude and, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's, it's fine line between like caring too much and caring too little but like there's something about like the poise that these canadian athletes have right now like both on the men's side and on the women's side like i i do feel like um i don't know i like seeing the way graham and and tony came through the mix zone today and kind of the the buoyancy that see that they had and then also like You know, hearing from Catherine Stewart Jones after, you know, even after a a crash in the scathlon, like it just, it kind of, kind of feels like those guys, like they know what they're here to do. They know what the expectations are. They know what they need to do to meet the expectations. And like, if they're not meeting the expectations, like they know why. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just curious to see, like what those guys can deliver over the course of the rest of this championships, because we know what they're capable of, like having seen Catherine Stewart Jones in the top, I think 15 earlier this year and uh, top 10 and, and, uh, and, and Tony, you know, top like making sprint finals and, yeah. and just killing Fourth, distance races. So. Yeah. It's been amazing.
1: So no, it is Stewart. It's great. And I'm, I'm, and I, you know what, probably a lot of that poise and stuff. I give a lot of credit to the, to the leadership changes that are going on there. Because it's not easy. It's not easy for someone like Robin to come into a team. We've had a. It's been a mess. Like Canada's been a mess. Like, coaching changes all over the place. Coaches that are under way too much pressure. When I say pressure, I don't mean pressure to succeed. I mean like with standing in things completely alone without any help. Like what happened with Eric Broughton and has happened with other coaches in the past too. It's been it's been really tough. And finally, we have a a, a chance to make a more stable, and long term rebuild of the Canadian culture. And it's really cool to hear you say that with the, that they're coming through the mix zone. Of course, a little part of me, the devil on my shoulder goes like, but I still want to see some fire after you get your ass handed to you in a pursuit that you're like, yeah, I fell a bunch, but man, oh, I would just want to come back and crush. And, but I'm, I'm going to fight back to another day, but regardless, <laughs> we're all different. And it's, it's great to hear it. It's great to hear that. And I just such a huge performance I've been fourth in the team sprint in, in different circumstances twice um, in the Olympics and in the world championships in 2013, but we were 0.07 from, from a bronze in that, in that team sprint in, in uh, not, not, so, not, not so, that
0: you were, not, so, not
1: that uh, you remember that. No, not that I ever remember that, but regardless, it was insanely close, but so, and in some ways, I think it's great that they were so excited because this is, Yeah, I, I mean, it, I think it was one of the best performances I've ever seen Graham Ritchie do technically and tactically. I think it was incredible. And, and I think, and, and, the grit, and the grit of Tony, years old. exactly, exactly. And the grit of Tony after coming off a lung infection, after coming off a, just a nightmare with breaking a ski and f- crashing hard in the skiathlon, which is racy. I know he was looking forward to after a humongous disappointment in a classic sprint where there's only four people per nation starting, and he doesn't even make the heats um, to do it in a skate team sprint the way he did. What a, what an amazing performance. And, and I just like, looking on social media and hearing from some people in Canada as well, like, you know, Catherine Stewart Jones and the rest of the women's squad is so fired up for them. And the guys too, like Zab and Olivier and everyone's so great and pumped. And, and I hope that they can, this can be a launching pad for them moving forward. I really do. And Robin and the rest of the staff. Yeah. I'm sorry that if I'm, I'm, uh, I, um, I I don't want to be a part of the problem. I would rather be part of the solution and I'm a huge cheerleader but at the same time, because I'm still an asshole, uh, I am going to call it like I see it a little bit, but I, I, I will be a, a bit more do it a little more tactfully. And I think that is important because I'm not a journalist and I'm not a staff member. I'm just some dude that likes cross country skiing. So I'm not going to start censoring myself, but I also can can think a little bit as well. I think it's uh, I want to be I want to see Canada change their culture and stop wasting energy all over the place fighting. And that's that's the goal.
0: I think, uh, you know, bottom line is, uh, not, I, this comes from a place of love. If if you're a, an athlete or a, a coach here at world championships in Planitza, and you're listening to the sound of my voice right now, or Devin's voice, turn it off, turn it off ASAP. You have no business, uh, definitely totally. no business listening to me, but probably no, no business no. listening to Devin. either. Probably no, no business. Do not
1: listen to this. Yeah. If you're in Planitza in the bubble, you can't listen to this trash. You can't, but but the reason why we do this is because when I was a young athlete, I would have loved and to have the insider scoop and hear what is going on behind the scenes with the North American athletes. And I never had that opportunity when I was growing up. So I hope that the young athletes can, can be inspired and have some fun too. Like, yeah, we swear a little too much and, and go off the rails on tangents and our production quality is just complete shit. But I hope you have fun listening to our takes in the world championships. And I thought today was a super fun day and I'm pumped for a little bit of a rest day and we'll be back at it midweek before we sign off to jc and ben they were in it for a long time too i didn't think they skied all that badly to be perfectly honest and they ran out of steam a little bit when the pace which was high the whole time people watching at home and thinking that they're just messing around they were not messing around today and i thought jc and ben who are also young and so talented both those athletes are under 23 aged so the future is bright for the u.s men too and uh It was, I I didn't think it was all that bad a a performance, honestly, by by those guys, even though, of course, I know they wanted to be higher up in the results.
0: And, and I like, I would add, I I spent some time talking with JC Schoonmaker, um, in the in the mix zone. And, like, I actually want to just quickly, you know, I think, you know, when you're paired with Ben Ogden, who has been lights out this year, and on this kind of a stage, uh, that hard of a course, I mean, JC is not a guy who's been, um, you know, throwing down in distance races, and like I think the fact that he goes out there and it's in a way it feels like you're kind of I, I think if you're someone like JC with his fitness profile, like it's kind of like going in front of a firing squad a day like today, you know, like you're you're up against uh Paul Paul Goldberg. I think they were those guys were both scramble legs, and it's like. JC is an incredible athlete and that, you know, he's going to be on world cup podiums in any number of years from zero to five, but like he does not have Paul Goldberg fitness, particularly over like three rounds of a hard course with sticky snow. And like, you know, we were just kind of talking about the fact that <laughs> you just put on your skis today and, and no, that's going to be like a, a, a really tough slog. Like he sounded like he was kind of, dealing with a little bit of cramping and, and seizing. And so just, yeah, I mean, hat, hats off to those guys for laying it all out there. And, and then the the one other thing I, I wanted to say is um, a uh, yes, trash production quality on, on behalf of Devin and on behalf of myself, but actually I do want to um, uh, also tip my cap to, we've got a producer who's been working with us, Dave Emmert in Anchorage, who's kind of saving us from ourselves uh, and really like, the fact that the devin kershaw show has a, a producer is it's pretty awesome if you need a producer dave's a great guy i'll i'll connect you with him and then also that um faster skiers invested the money uh to for for us to do this for me to be here we'll we'll be out with some more information about like how you can make that happen help make that happen you know both re- retroactively this year but also in the future and then um I don't know. I mean, I think we're in the middle of a, you know, kind of high point here. And so just like, it's been pretty cool hearing from as many folks as as we hear from like there it's, 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 uh, I think I've, we've heard from each of our one dozen listeners like several times over by now. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's, that's so good. I so much thanks. And then people that
1: are listening probably understood that like, yeah, well, it still may leave something to be desired. It does sound a little better than it did the last few seasons. So huge. Thanks. Huge. Thanks for that help. Uh, both Matt and I are way too busy to, to deep dive into that. So we appreciate the help. And of course, like, even though we don't get back to emails right, right away, and that sort of thing, the engagement has like blown my socks off. Like, sure. Maybe I'm getting hate mails in Norwegian or, or, and stuff, but about some of the things I say or misquoted saying, or, or maybe after I, I say my piece about what happened in the skiathlon, I think it's way better that I'm getting some messages about that than not because it shows that other people really care and it shows that people are following along. So we, even though it still like blows my mind to no end that people listen to us just drivel about this, I, uh, I'm humbled. I'm, I'm super humbled. I'm glad you guys are following and I'm psyched. Like I'm a super big Nordork. My wife's a big Nordork. Norway is the mecca of cross country skiing. So it's conversations I have a lot with a lot of different people and to share it with, with anyone that wants to listen is, uh, it's been a lot of fun that said, it's going to be nice to have a one day pause tomorrow. And then I'm telling you right now, the 10 K skate women's 10 K skate is the race I've been looking forward to this entire championship. I am so pumped about it. And, and watching an exciting 15 K skiathlon that we witnessed in the women's side is not making me less excited about the 10 K. So it's going to be, a ton of fun. Can Rosie bounce back and deliver something huge? Diggins, is this, the, is this going to be the first individual gold medal? Or, or is this, are the Swedish women just too strong at this championship? There's a lot of storylines. The, the Norwegian women, their crapshoots. I thought Anna Schirste today, like I said, looked so good. I thought Tiralun and Svang today also looked so, so good. They're back. It's going to be awesome. So let's take a, a, a breather and we'll be back on midweek.
0: Thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back.